Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. And this is Trav. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of figuring out where you're going to put the extra socket in your body. Gives a whole new definition to plug and play, folks. That's right. This week we are talking about Human 2.0 and what we think is going to mean and how it's going to change us and how we're going to change the world. So... The first and you know there we we talked a little bit about this before when we talked the podcast about you know futurism and um how we were going to uh how we saw artificial intelligence being involved with humans and we are going to talk about it a bit again tonight but uh we we wanted to take this time to talk about it more or less directly uh with the whole um uh, transhumanism well not transhumanism so much as just how from a standpoint of humans centric looking at it from our standpoint so uh the very first so the very first thing i wanted to talk about was is the uh that in order for really for us to have any 2.0 experience we are going to have to deal with the legal issues of identity especially protections against identity theft there's some really good videos on YouTube and stuff about you know a supposed future where people keep just are constantly stealing each other's identities and either stealing their data or stealing their uh, in in this particular case everything you did gave you points which you could then use to do things like if you did enough things you would get like a free vacation or you might get a free Pepsi or you might get a discount over at this store or that and so people were literally robbing each other of these points because they could and the worst thing that happened is this is yes is this that show Black Mirror where you're you're it was on Black Mirror you're right it was one of the episodes on Black Mirror yeah okay I've heard of the show where everybody's life is measured on social media and if you're rating tanks you are basically considered like unwashed man now that's a different episode okay <laughs> this was one where this person was walking around and everything that they were seeing was actually being augmented um and and you know if they went and touch you know they looked at something they'd get something pop up in their screen in their view to say here click on this and we'll give you a hundred points toward our buyers club and you know if you wanted to join up you could and things like that we'll we'll talk about that in a minute but the problem was is that people were constantly stealing each other's identities and the worst case scenario was where someone comes up to her comes up and actually sticks her with a needle and gets her genetic material at which point they can totally steal her now because they can they 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 got her genome. Yeah, they can now go and and, and all you know, her biometrics have been stolen now, and so and she ends up having to go to the Catholic Church, who gives her an entirely new identity based upon their server and secure firewalls, and she basically starts over it with a new identity because her old ones is basically completely compromised at this point ah. because somebody was able to get that bio. You know, and, and and of course, 
right now, you know, if you can provide biometric data, you pretty much can trump any other form of identification. Oh, well, yeah. So, well, it's a problem, you know, because people can steal that, so, you know. So I'm saying is that that's one of the biggest things that's going to happen, have to happen first, which is that we're going to have to really nail down this sort of thing. And it's really important because one of the things that's going to happen is, is that we're going to have the ability to exist on, you know, we're going to be able to multiply ourselves, okay, online um, and through devices. And so it's going to be really important that we're still identified as the, as the right person. Just the fact that there's more than one of you out there should not mean that one of them is a is a rock is is someone hijacking you. It could be you. Okay. You know, just like you could have multiple programs open on your browser, you could be logged in and doing things through multiple services. And you could even have once computers get smart enough, you could even have multiple agents acting as you, okay, out there with the full authority of you. But in order, but before anybody's going to let that happen, they're going to have to basically give them enough security that they don't, they're not afraid of suddenly coming home and finding out that uh, your avatar has basically emptied your bank account and uh, and, and moved to virtual uh, uh, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Okay, so but before we get there, let's talk about how it's going to change our change us physically. Okay, uh, 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 of course, if you know, we are going to probably want to get some things done to ourselves to uh, enhance the plug-in experience. Uh, Cyberpunk said we'd all have uh, NICs, which was neural uh, interface connectors. Uh, a plug in the back of our necks, usually, though it could have been behind the ear. Well, generally they want. Well, generally they want these plugs, as per the convention of cyberpunk, near as close to the brain and central nervous system as possible. So either behind the ear or, or the on spine. the back of the neck or on the spine are the best places to put them. Right. So, and also because that hole in the back of your head, which is where the spine goes in, is the perfect place to route those things in. It's a lot harder to route them through your eyeball. Okay. Though I've seen people say that that's how they're, you know, some of the things, some of the movies and such, that's how they did it. It's another way of getting through your skull. There's only a few ways of getting through your skull. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, uh, you have a place where you're, where smells basically trans transfer through a membrane to sensors that are on the underside of your brain. That's where your sense of smell is. Ah, okay. That's why even if you get your nose cut off, you can still smell regardless of the joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and uh, and the eyeball, the optic nerve, goes into the brain. Uh, which I always think is weird because the eyeball, you know, the, the part of the brain that controls the eye is on the back side of the brain compared to where the eyeball is. You're, you have to go a considerable distance to get to the uh, occipital lobe of your brain. Okay. That's just a little weirdness to the human body, you know. So, but you do have a very large hole where your spine comes out, you know, that could be easily in, enlarged and enhanced for the purposes of, of routing all kinds of stuff inside your brain. Okay, but uh, but there's gonna, so we're gonna need you know we're gonna want plugs now. Some of the plugs are gonna be things like um, to uh, for sensors, for example, you know that we're gonna want to put on ourselves to do better biometrics of ourselves to, to check our bodily health. Um, it could be uh, uh, we, there's sensors that can analyze your breath, and you could maybe clip that to the back of a tooth. 
um, or of course, you know, if you have bridge work, you know, to uh, into your bridge work, uh, and it would just basically constantly be taking things and through some form of better form of media than Bluetooth, uh, go and uh, send that to some place that would then either do the scanning itself or stream it off to some supercomputer somewhere that was doing that thing to go and test your body. If, for example, you were diabetic, then when you get out of whack, uh, you, you the uh, ketones uh, start appearing in your uh, in your breath because they come out of your bloodstream due to an imbalance in your blood. Okay. Uh, also, of course, it could see whether or not you had bad breath. <laughs> Uh, or um, if there was any indication of uh, dental decay or infection yeah, yeah. that would also be present in in the breath coming out, and of course, you know, uh, if you were if you were a smoker, it'd be really hard to uh, smoke with such a sensor because you know uh, you couldn't sneak a cigarette very well. Well, no, no, no. Unless you unless you detach that sensor somehow, and of course, if you detach the sensor, we'd probably send up a red flag. Well, because you know where you go to work. I mean, right now there are states that are passing laws saying that if you are a smoker, you are not going to get hired. They're not. Wow. They're, they're, they basically, yeah. There's at least three states that are trying to pass legislation now. If you're already working for them, that they don't have a right to. In. Your grandfather did. grandfather did. But you know, I'm a I'm weird. I've been working for the same place for 35 years. Okay, most people don't work for the same place more than five. Well, yeah, I've been at I I've been at my job as uh, about 26 and a half myself. So yeah, right. So both of us are very usual. Most people don't do that. Right. Most people are you know they they especially when they're young. They skate from job to job to job, you know, and that's how they do it. I, I'm, I'm just saying, though, is that that's that's something right now is that these biomet. This is also again why this 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 identity thing is important because these biometrics can be used against us, and we want to make sure that they don't. First of all, the whole thing about Bluetooth and all, we are going to need a better protocol because I have found out that Bluetooth. While extremely useful, again, I'm using Bluetooth earbuds with this phone, it's extremely hackable. So we need to find some type of protocol that can be used with these sensors that can't just be hacked in by anybody with, you know, a tablet. You know, it just, that that would be our main thing. Or a, nec- a, a Wi-Fi network sniffer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, supposedly right now, someone can just go by and if you have a, a unencrypted you know, networking, they can just read your network traffic because it's on your Wi-Fi. Yeah. And, um, and they, they could theoretically just go in uh, and, and see everything that you're doing or just hack into your network. And, of course, if they can do that, they can hack into you. And a lot of these devices, like I say, we're going to have a lot more devices. Now, I mean, probably your phone's going to end up being the collection device for everything. We, you know, everything's going to pass through your phone. Yeah. Your, fa- your phone's going to become a supercomputer, but we all knew that was going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, or, or you know, maybe... Please, this, keep, please, this keeps up. The phone's going to be inside us, too. Well, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen because I think they're going to keep adding more and more stuff to it that's going to keep it at least the size it is now, if not bigger. Ah, yes. Cue the sudden death song, Cellular Degeneration, where he mentions this. Yes. (laughs) I wish I could. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, My buddy Tom Rockwell, as Debo Spice, did a song about how everything is getting put into phones. But he goes, you don't see a refrigerator 
that's also a dishwasher that washes your car and folds your laundry. We only do this stuff with our cell phones. And so right. we're getting all these new functions and cell phones every year. Yeah. yeah but you're, but all those devices can actually tell your cell phone how, it, how it's doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you can sit there and draw on your way home. You know, they got, we got these smart houses now that you can have your lights on, your heat on and have music playing when you're like a mile from home. Uh-huh. So everything is all set by the time you walk in the door. So we've already got that. Yeah. It's just a matter of adapting it all to putting it inside human bodies where we can say, okay, I want to check my blood pressure, respiration, and I don't know, acid content in my stomach. Okay, bring up this app, you know, my health or whatever. Right. You know, and so Yeah. And uh and along with that, uh, we have gut cameras that you can swallow. They're basically like big horse pills and they have cameras in them and they'll just basically I'm reminded of both the I'm reminded of both the Jetsons and the Dennis Quaid movie Inner Space now. <laughs> well they're in the, the movie um oh uh I always forget the name of it. Um the the one with Schwarzenegger. Uh where uh Total Recall. Total Total Recall. Okay. Uh yeah. where he has to get the thing out of his nose and it basically goes <laughs> drives up into his nose. Oh, Oh, no, no, no. Inner space, it was, you know, you got Martin Short with Dennis Quaid miniaturized. He goes, Jack, you got an ulcer. Well, how big is it? Jack, I'm shrunk. To me, it looks like Candlestick Park. <laughs> uh, Jonathan did say, detach a sensor. Auto calling 911. Your jaw has obviously been removed. And Furball said, yeah, medical industries are cutting out smokers. So, yeah. So I am getting comments here. So huh. whatever comes up, I'll bring it up when relevant. Yes. All right. So we have that. Yeah. Remember, folks, uh, we are doing this via Podbean as opposed to our normal. Well, Bruce, I believe, is recording on Skype. I'm not. No, I'm, not anymore. I'm doing this via I, I just, I, I, apparently, yeah, I'm recording on a Malto, which seems to be recording. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah. So. But uh, this thing is supposed to be recording, and we are going to find out at the end how it did. Um, all right. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so um, uh, right now, uh, uh, you know, I mean, the, the biggest thing that's pushing uh, sensors in the human body is diabetes. So, um, oh, yeah. It's, uh, and because the fact that diabetes is a real, is one of those things where it's, your blood sugar changes over the day. I mean, you, know, you wake up in the morning, it's usually low. When you go to sleep at night, it might be high. You'll have, you know, depending upon what you do, your exercise. Exercise, stress levels, whatever you happen to be eating right. at the time, if you're not eating, yeah. And by yeah. the way, somebody has um, has invented an artificial pancreas. So there's a good chance that uh, an artificial adrenal gland is, is going to be on its way. And that might make a big difference for a lot of people. I'm already, okay. Adrenal gland. I'm already seeing the, I'm already seeing the first, um, use that's going to be for okay. combat. Come oh, on. Well, sure. Putting in a, an, an advanced adrenal gland in a soldier. He's got heightened strength, stamina, speed, reflexes, basically. And lower judgment. Your soldiers fight or flight. <laughs> you're going to, yeah, you're going to get your your um, soldier's fight or flight mechanism kicking in on pure fight. Of course, he's going to crash later, oh, yeah. but... Well, it all depends. If you do it right, you can slowly, you know, 
bring them down. You know, that's that's the thing is it it doesn't have to be all you know boom and crash. You know, that's what happens when you just it's when it's stupid, and that's the way your body is right now. Is that you know you're it reacts to stimuli, you know, how your brain treats it, to the hippocampus and such, you know, but if you, yeah. uh, but you could mediate that through, you know, you know, something like an artificial adrenal. So you, <laughs> you taper it off. So the person doesn't go into a crash state. They just slowly lower down, you know, the, the amount. But no, no, the, the, yeah, that, that artificial pancreas, yeah, that'll be great. I don't see any other use. And I mean, we kind of, it's, I mean, we have insulin pump, pumps that plug directly into your bloodstream stomach now. Yeah, I know. I have a friend of mine, Marilyn, who, and and uh, my other friend, Anna. It, uh, it goes into the stomach, show. not the bloodstream? Well, I mean, it, it, it. you got the insulin pump, it's got the hose, and it plugs into a stint in your abdomen. Oh, okay. And it works. Yeah, it that. goes into a bloodstream. Yeah. Right, right. So, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's and, and that's what I'm talking about is is that the fact that you know if it was better monitoring, especially real time monitoring, then they they um, you know all all the negative detrimental effects that we're currently suffering from long term use of of insulin by the current methodology would go away because most of them have to do with the fact that they're either getting too much or too little insulin on a per second basis you you know it used to be you got a big shot you know you gave yourself a couple of times a day so that would you know, yeah. and you know then so you'd end up times in the day when you were way under insulin and so the blood veins vessels in your at your feet and your hands would would you know shrivel up and and you get cold and and tissue would die so you know yeah. uh, better monitoring means you're going to be able to First of all, see trends over time, which will help your doctors diagnose any incipient issues and also will allow uh, you to provide better treatment of those issues. Oh, no, no. I, I can give you a perfect example of what happens when blood sugar and monitoring. Uh, Pixie's husband, Jeff DeRuff, he found out he was diabetic and he went to the doctor and they hooked up the blood meter. Now, blood meter, blood sugar meters go up to 600. Uh-huh. His basically said high as in his blood sugar was over so 600 it at the time. It pegged the meter. Yeah. Yes. Technically, you know, our our dear friend Mr. Hughes should have been dead. But and and then they, you know, on top of it just sent him home with a prescription. I'm thinking, "No, you should have been in the hospital. He's now got it under control. He's got, you know, the meter and the strips and all that and he checks his sugar and he's all good. But just yeah. If we had sensors like this, again, real-time graphics and everything, and where you could say, okay, I know I'm pegging just by, you know, the readout, let's say, in the heads-up display in my eye or on my phone, it pegs, oh, you're up over 200. You might want to, you know, do this and this. And, you know, it'll give you your prescripted, or not prescripted, what's the word I'm looking for? Your canned options. Your suggested yeah, your suggested options for trying to lower it a little. Yeah. yeah. And I like that. Overtime blood sensors with programmable drug dispenser if needed. Yeah, basically it would be, 
yeah, whatever hormone or whatever you would need to regulate that would kick yeah. in automatically. Now, of course, you know, you, in in some dystopic type stories, what ends up happening is that everybody basically gets quaalude for the rest of their lives. I mean, they, it basically gets every nobody gets excited about anything anymore. The, you know, the government doesn't want you to be to to get excited about anything. They just want you to to work and obey. Bruce, one Bruce, one word: equilibrium. Yeah. Okay. That was one of the movies. The Christian, the Christian Bale yes. movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where with the the Librium, the drug that everybody injected all the time. Right. Yeah. I mean, you injected it yourself, but still, yeah. It's just this would be that next step where you wouldn't even need to stop and inject it. It would just by computer by the clock automatically kick right. in. And yeah. as we all know, a gram is better than a dam, right? <laughs> that's 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 from that's from Brave New World, written what nineteen forty. Yeah. Oh God, I haven't touched that book since I was high school. Oh wow. Okay, starting to date myself here. Anytime anybody got upset, they basically took took a took a, a gram of soma. Yeah, <laughs> it would make them feel better. And Jonathan, Google. We noticed you broke up with your longtime significant other. Have a free dose of antidepressants. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure that uh, part of that is yep, you know your yep. something is you may, you may as a choice you know be have a an app monitoring your social media and determining how much stress you're getting as a result of looking at it. Right now, I'm getting pretty stressed out by social media. Well, yeah, so am I. But still, I my thing would be like, how did it know? I didn't even post that I broke up. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> How is it doing? Uh, that? <laughs> see, okay, that whole black mirror thing, right? Again. Right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's what other people say about you. It's not what you say. All yeah. right. So of course now there's going to be gene editing. We already had that going, and now that anybody who wants it can buy uh, buy a copy of CRISPR. Uh, yeah, I mean, you literally can just spend like two hundred dollars for a kit, and they'll send it to you, and you can get started gene editing. Uh, you're not supposed to be doing it on humans. You're supposed to be doing it on test animals and bacteria and things like that. But, you know, people, <laughs> there's this thing uh, called the oh, no, internet no, and YouTube videos. Yeah, Bruce, <laughs> Bruce, do you, you remember the Palladium game After the Bomb uh-huh. by Eric Wujic, the late, great Eric Wujic? Okay, when he redid it after Palladium got rid of their license for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, he just made a standalone game. And one of the things that they talked about was what you were talking about just now. Oh, yeah, humans were home gene editing their pets and everything. And after a while, all these pets started breeding true. And that's why some of the reasons why we have these mutant animals, because of these early animals that were edited by their then human masters. And so, yeah, as soon as you said that about gene editing your your dog, that it reminded me of the 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 second and final edition of After the Bomb because that was part of the the pre crash society was this what is it called CRISPR CRISPR yeah it's it's kind of a, it's an, an acronym uh, but it's well, spelled- I was say it to me it sounds like the bo- to me it sounds like the bottom drawer in your fridge but anyways <laughs> exactly where I put my celery and my cucumber right yeah. exactly that's yeah 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 it's a nice it's a nice uh, catchy name. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. But see, the the thing is, right now, is that an awful lot of what we call aging is actually autoimmune diseases, and so and those are co- those are genetically caused. I mean, you know, you, you why is it that you go through life, okay, and you basically go for twenty years, thirty years maybe, and you basically don't really change a whole lot. You know, you might put on a little bit of weight, 
But otherwise, you stay the same. And then all of a sudden, your hair changes. You start, you know, uh, you start having other issues kick in all of a sudden. You know, arthritis might hit you. Other things, you know, these are these, you know, these are autoimmune reactions. This is your body basically trying to kill you and, uh, you know, getting ready to replace you. Uh, and so I say, you know, we, we, we need to edit that out. <laughs> we need to put a stop to that. Because in that way, you know, it's not going to make people live forever. But if you can stop having the body break itself down, then you're going to live a lot longer and a lot more healthy. Well, let's see. The average human lifespan right now, average. Now, we can live up to, it. I think the oldest recorded human was 120. I think it was 116, fact, but think, yeah, 119 maybe. Well, well, 120 I've heard the most. Okay. Uh, matter of fact, the oldest living woman just passed away a year ago right. at the time over in Inkster, Michigan, which is like 10 minutes from me. She lives near my one buddy, Jaron. And yeah, she was like 119 years old. So we know 120 is the maximum human potential for a lifespan. Now, the average lifespan, I think, is mid-70s. Right. Yeah. So yeah, most people have always lived the same length. I mean, not most people, but I'm saying you know you you look back in the in the early days of this of the, of the United States. You know, uh, Quint, John Quincy Adams and uh, Jefferson. They both lived in their 80s. They were they were actually fighting as to who would die first. Well, that's the thing. See, our our medical technology and our nutrition have all gotten better. Right. So, so the average, you know, the, the the more of us are living to that age, that's what it really means. Well, yeah, but I mean, as far as our aging goes, remember back in like medieval times, if you were 50, that was ancient. That's our 90, 95 now. No, not really. It it it, it was because the those people felt bad because they ate bad. They had terrible nutrition. They had bad teeth. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean because of how we have progressed nutritionally, yeah. medically, we now have longer lifespans. And my grandfather, rest his soul, passed away in his mid-70s, but he had congestive heart failure and everything. My dad is 70, he'll be 72 this year, but I know he's still got a lot of good years. And I'm, you know, I'll be 51 in a couple of months. And with, you know, modern technology and medicines and all that, I'm expected to probably live, you know, barring misfortune or disease or whatever. I probably got another good 40 years in me. And it's just each generation is going to live a little longer on the average because better nutrition, better medicine, you know, and, and just so let's say even with this uh, gene editing to, pre to prevent aging, let's say even we do where we can slow down our aging by 1.25. So the average lifespan goes up to 110 and now we're at 180 maximum. Uh -huh. That still would be incredible. Just humans living where you know you're going to easily have a century of life, barring again, accident or misfortune. Another century of work, that, you mean. That would, well, yeah, but still. Yeah. yeah. But still, just the fact that, you know, we're able, that we know that with modern medical history, if we get rid of, you know, the autoimmune parts of aging, you know, the hair, the eyes, all that, that we're going to easily, you know, a nine, living to 90 will be no big thing. Living to like 110, 120 will be the, holy crap, they're that old and they're still going, you know.
so yeah, just if we we don't need to be immortal, just expanding our lifespans even 1.25 times. Well, remember, it's it's not about how long you live. It's it's putting the it's the life in the years, not the years of the life. So yeah, and and that's one reason why I think live, being healthier, you know, is more important than how long you live. So yeah, yeah. Um, uh, um, Jonathan did bring up also we. Um, they also had higher infant mortality rates than they do. Right. Now. Again, that's due to better, better science and better nutrition and just vaccines. You know, we understand the human body. Yeah, we we understand the human body far better. You tried to birth a kid back in, let's say, the 1700s, all sorts of things that you didn't even know happened could happen. And, you know, you had all these stillborns and and whatnot. Uh-huh. And now. Yeah, it's just we've gotten better. I mean, not perfect. Obviously, we still have them, and oh, we have we have almost a ninety nine percent survival rate. Yeah, yes, yeah, because that's of our way higher than anybody yeah. else. So, with uh, one of the things that there has not happened, which I was kind of surprised about, was the fact that they, at one point they talked about if they were to introduce animal DNA into a fetus. You know, at, a, at a specific time during the development, that that would make the fetus not treat that particular species of animal as being foreign tissue. So, for example, if you introduce swine tissue into a fetus, yeah. then you could get like heart transplants, liver transplants, all that, you know, lung transplants yeah. from a swine. You know, which is about approximately, they have very similar uh, bi- uh, biological systems to us. And there's, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of them being available every year when we're, you know, ho- you know, hoping to get onto the transplant list or even worse, we're getting ourselves, uh, you know, transplanted with, uh, well, with somebody's three things. One, Jonathan brought up, oh dear Lord, cat girls may become a real thing. No, no, no. We're just talking about tissue, a little bit of tissue added to your system so your immune system doesn't trick, twig out whenever you introduce something like, you know, uh, a heart or something. It doesn't. Well, <laughs> here, here's the thing. They, they found out that pig hearts are the closest ones to human hearts. Yes. As far as the, what what's the term we're looking for here? I guess their vascular structure. Yeah. So if you sit there and inject a little bit of, you know, probably via stem cells, a little bit of swine DNA, yeah, it's going to make that, that pig heart easier to transplant. It'll stay because, oh, wait a minute, this is, yeah, this is ours. It's good. Keep it. Right. And then the other thing is, you know, injecting swine DNA, it's a whole thing. Do you want orcs? Because that's how you're going to get orcs. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and it is possible that disease, once you do that, there might be diseases that affect swine that might now affect you. Cross contamination. Yes. Right. Because your body normally would say, hey, that's, you know, that's something that is foreign. Obviously, the swine, it gets into the swine for at least for a while because, it's, you know, they're, they're more susceptible to it. And, and doing something like uh, suppressing, we're not really suppressing. We're actually what we're doing is is it we're it's like you know you're 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 being put on as a valid user in a computer system. Okay, yeah. Okay, so this yeah. kind of tissue is okay. It doesn't mean that in you know because usually when we talk about suppression drugs, if it's they're broad spectrum, you know, any all kinds of diseases come walking through the door once you start using them you know um but this is this would have been very specific to say only something that targets swines 
would be able to, would you be any more susceptible to than before with this? So it seemed like a really good idea, but so far it's, it's gotten no, no, no traction at all because of course there's always somebody out there saying, you know, you're, you're breaking God's commandments, you know, by doing this or you're making, you know, we're having enough trouble convincing people that people with a little bit, a little bit more or less melanin in their skin is a person. And now you're trying to introduce foreign DNA. DNA yeah, from another species. Yeah, see, yeah. There, there's that. That's that whole thing is trying to. And, and I remember back during, and I'm stating fact here. I'm not getting political, folks. Um, Bush Jr., colloquially known as W, uh, halted stem cell research here in the United States. So that things like that. Are, that's one of the things that is, I don't know if that's been lifted. I think his successor, now former President Obama, lifted that ban. I'm not sure. I'd have to look. There'd have to be research done. But for a while, we did not have stem cell research in this country because of that presidential ruling. Right. And I'm sure that there were, I'm not going to get into the reasons. And it was only, why, and when they yeah. did, it was only for a very limited kind. I yeah, mean, they, they had like okay, one. We, you can one do the strain. research, but only. For these things, yeah. Yeah, they had one strain that they were uh, allowed to work on. And I'm like going, you know, guys, everybody has stem cells, okay? They're in the umbilical cords. You you got, you know, you, you literally got tens of thousands of, of, of material you guys could be working with. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it, these are from live births. This does, we're not talking about abortion stuff, okay? Yeah, because they throw it away. And believe me, when my son was born, and they took that umbilical out, that was like a, that was a, the length of a of a of a garden hose. I mean, oh no, no, a, the placenta. Yeah, well, yeah. Mine. Well, the umbilical cord it connected to the placenta. I'm just saying the the, the umbilical cord itself is a good. It, it was at least three foot long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all. I was there when a, my daughter was born. Yes, that is the one. Seeing all that is the one thing that made me almost faint. Was all of yeah, that. yeah. So that's like thirty thousand feet of 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 material for you to process a year. I mean, yeah. if, if everybody and, just provided it. And Jonathan said, "Let's stop wasting good scientific resources." Thank you, Jonathan. Yes, yes, I, I agree. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on, sir. So, anyways, uh, what we do now have the capability of doing, and they're working on, is is that they can take um, the organ of somebody who is not compatible, uh, and they're do they're doing it with hearts, and they can strip off all of the um, well of, of the muscle tissue and things like that, and they leave the 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 um, the the scaffolding, the cartilaginous scaffolding, and then they can put okay. using stem cells, uh, your stem cells. They can then cause it to rebuild itself into a brand new heart, and it's your heart. It it just really? uses the other, yeah, and wow. uh, yeah, not a diseased heart, but a good heart, and uh, and that way they solve this whole problem about incompatibility, and now people don't have to go on those terrible uh, drug regimens that make them so susceptible to other drugs. Now, they've only done this with rats, as far as I know. They, they, might, have gotten, well, yeah. they, they, they might have gotten up to monkeys at this point. I'm not sure. But I'm just saying is, is that that's, a, that, that's, that's one of the things. And if you can do it with hearts, you know, it's a little easier because it is a muscle. But, I mean, you know, muscle, what we're talking about is connective tissue. Okay, hearts, yeah. muscles, 
muscles are still connective tissue. They just have different kinds of stuff in there. So, you know, everything in your body is is layered with connective tissue. You know, your your stomach, your spleen, everything. So in a lot of cases, it's literally a matter of just stri stripping out the cells that are there, putting the new cells in, letting the scaffolding tell it what it's supposed to be, and having it now form into like a kidney or having it form into, you know, a, a liver or a heart or lungs. So I see this as a big possible future where, you know, you'll go in and say, you know, look, I, uh, I need this. And they'll say, all right, you know, we, we have, you know, 15 um, uh, available hearts you know, that we can uh, scaffold and we'll start growing you a new one as long as you don't yeah. need it in the next couple months. You know, you'll yeah, be Jonathan able to said, yeah, get a transplant from yourself, not even a clone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so they also are getting much better at reverting um, existing cells into stem cells. So, oh, okay. you know, wow. so it's possible that we're, you know, that you might be able to produce an unlimited amount of stem cells for yourself. So it's it's coming. You know, it's this is a, you know, uh, Everything takes time with science. One of the things that I've been most disappointed having worked for the Arthritis Foundation for so long is how long scientific development takes. But at the same time, I have seen a huge amount of scientific development. Uh, all the what they call NSAIDs, which are non uh, aspirin uh, steroidal pain relievers, uh, uh, anti non steroidal anti inflammatory drugs. Your ibuprofens, okay. your uh, other things, those all were invented within the last 20 years. Yeah. Those didn't yeah. exist for the entire previous history. You know, I mean, aspirin at the time it was discovered was considered a huge boon, you know, to the health of the world. So, you know, and of course, when they they uh, came out with uh, uh, cortisone, uh, they thought that yeah. was a... Uh, was was a wonder drug. The problem with cortisone is is that you give too much of it and it suppresses the immune system. So yeah. these people that were suddenly have showing no symptoms of arthritis or all these other things came came down with uh, pneumonia and died. Yeah. So these the, 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 this thing happens, but uh, but we've seen huge strides as a result of that. Uh, the the imaging that we're now able to do. In uh, with of the brain, you know, we can now not only uh, image the uh, what the brain looks like, we can also see it with we can see how the blood flows through it and where it doesn't. We can also see how which areas of the brain are more or less active depending upon various stimuli, and they're you know they're able to, and they're building up. Uh, working models of the brain that allow them to tell when you have suffered an injury, you know, like a, you know, like from an impact or from disease yeah. or from a vascular issue, like, yeah, like you know, yeah, yeah. like diabetes as well, you know, or a drug <clears throat> that you've taken that's having a side effect. You know, yeah. I mean, they're they're able to determine these things and therefore able to say, you know, we we can do things to 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 first of all, a we know you there's a problem. Before then, people would like unless you had a sub you know uh, uh, subdural hematoma, they didn't know you had a problem. That's why all these poor uh, football players, you know, uh, suffer so badly. And yeah, you know, uh, and and why you know everyone wants to you know uh, loved. Uh, 
Muhammad Ali, but you know he he died essentially with Parkinson's. Yeah, and he got it as a result of his his career. It was induced. But anyways, they there are they're now developing better treatments for these things because they can actually see the effects of the treatments that, when they make them. You know, they can see what parts of the brain are the most affected and whether or not any part of the brain is being able to take over for another part of the brain. So all these things go into human 2.0. What we can see is the future, uh, our ability to heal and also our ability to change. Uh, because once you understand something, then you can change it. Yeah. Um, for said Penicillin was a godsend in its time, too, and also another thing that could be treated, finding out, you know, how the brain works. Seizure disorders like epilepsy and, you know, grand mal and all that. Yeah, that Uh that, being able to track all that stuff would be, you know, just look down. Well, because we know that dogs can sense when epileptics are about to have a seizure. It's just something with, you know, the dog senses. They can pick it up in humans. And that's why there's a lot of service dogs for epileptic people, because... They know they'll start, you know, you know, poking at you when they sense you're having a seizure. Okay. I mean, if that could be found out and, you know, the whole back to animal genes, right. you know, find out that part of the dog that can sense that, you know, you'd be able to know. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, they have not had any success with the smell cancer uh, t- uh, theory they had. Yeah, I tried. I, I heard. I think I heard about they, that. Yeah. They were they were trying it, and and who knows? They might be able to finally do it. But right now, they haven't had any real success because that would be great if you know you could just simply have a a service dog, and you just as people walk, you know, walk up, he just suddenly goes ah, lets you know that that he's uh, you, you should go get checked. <laughs> Where the dog is like. Is that a metastasized cell I see? Yes. You might want to go that way to the yeah. doctor. Yeah. <laughs> what is it, boy? What did you smell? <laughs> Timmy, <laughs> Timmy fouled off well again. <laughs> no, you got cancer, you yeah, moron. You yeah. got cancer. So that's pretty much all we have time for, folks. Uh, thanks for listening to us. We will have... Uh, we hope that you have a bright future now as a result of what we said, and uh, you're looking forward to it. And we'll have more for you, but you'll have to wait until next week. Until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.